Hi everyone and welcome to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. Today I wanted to get back into our Daughters of Eve series where we will be talking about two women who had a common connection though they would never meet. I am referring to Samson, his wife, and Delilah. We have already discussed his unique birth announcement to his parents and their desire to do what is right, but sadly it seems that Samson grew up spoiled in many ways. At some point, it was Samson who decided he wanted to get married to a particular girl. Usually it was the parents who had the biggest say in their child's spouse, but for Samson, he took complete control. Listen to what he says to his parents in Judges 14 verses 1 and 2. And Samson went down to Timnath, and he saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. He saw a woman, someone he wanted to marry, and went home to tell his parents that they had to get her for him. This is the language of a spoiled child giving orders to parents instead of seeking their counsel and discussing the matter with them in a respectful manner. Samson is aware of what he is asking. He looks outside of not just his own tribe, but his country, something that was not allowed. His parents raised the same concerns in verse three. Then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised? Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. They are shocked that he has chosen a bride from outside of their people and know that it will not go down well with the neighbors. But again, Samson displays his spoiled, disrespectful attitude when he says, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. That is very strong language, and it should challenge us on how we speak to our own parents. They are our God-given authority during our childhood, but when we become adults, it doesn't mean that we can speak to them however we like. They will always be our parents and should be given respect even if we disagree with them. God places great emphasis on this. Not only is it one of the Ten Commandments given to Israel, it is the only one with promise which we can read in Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And Paul reminds us again in Ephesians 6 verses 2 and 3, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. God promises a longer life to those who honor their parents, who give them the respect their position is due. This, of course, does not mean you have to do things that go against God's principles, but you can disagree respectfully. You should also be willing to hear your parents out, to hear their side of the discussion, and ready to admit when you're wrong. Samson refused to heed their words and disregarded their concerns. Could it be that this was one of the reasons his life was cut short? Perhaps. But also I want to point out that when we have no respect for the authority or position of our parents, we will often struggle to do so in other areas, including God. Samson's actions revealed that he did not care for what God had to say about this matter either. He openly sinned against the Lord, but as is often the case, God still uses bad things to accomplish good. We read in verse 4, But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. God would allow Samson to have a victory over the Philistines, but it should be mentioned that Samson did suffer for his rebellion and eventually reap the bounty of his disobedience. Remember, we are free to make our own choices. God does not force anyone to obey him, but he does decide the consequences of our actions, not us. 
This is a good thought to keep in the forefront of our mind when tempted to think we can do as we please since others have gotten away with it. But so often we don't see the rest of the story or even forget that God will judge us one day for our actions, both good and bad. No sin ever goes unpunished as the life of Samson will reveal. No matter the wrong, his parents do make the arrangements and the engagement party commences. Samson decides to have some fun and puts forth a riddle for the men to answer, giving them a week to do it. They are just about out of time and desperate to win, so they go to the young bride. We read their demands in verse 15. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? Women often were placed in such a position. They had little to no rights and men felt they could manipulate them to get what they wanted and it worked for them here. Of course, the fact that these men really did mean what they said was no doubt enough to scare her severely. I did find it interesting that they encouraged her to entice her husband. As much as the men felt they had authority over a woman, they subtly were admitting that a woman could bring a man down, especially one like Samson who had a weakness for women. In verse 16 and 17, we read, And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it to thee? And she wept before him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her because she lay sore upon him and she told the riddle to the children of her people. I think it's almost uncanny that she used the same tactics Delilah would later use on Samson. She cries and makes accusations to him that he must hate her because if he really loved her, he would have told her the answer to the riddle. Samson gets defensive and tells her that he hasn't even told his own parents the answer. So why should he tell her? You can almost feel the tension between them. I would say that we should be careful in what we say to others, especially our family. It's easy to throw out those false accusations in the heat of the moment. I heard a pastor say one time that the words always and never should be spoken with caution. You never listen or you always ignore me. In our hearts, we know that it's not true and we need to guard against it. For Samson, he is unaware that his wife is afraid. He doesn't know that her and her family's lives have been threatened. Perhaps if she would have told the truth, shared what had happened with her husband, things might have been different. After all, wasn't he the strongest man around? I mean, talk about great security. But she chooses to manipulate him by crying, which I also find a little humorous. Here is a spoiled man who demanded his parents get him this woman for his wife, only to marry her and have her make demands of him. She cried for seven days to get her way, and it worked. She wore him down until he finally gave her the answer. Unfortunately, the story continues to decline. There is no happily ever after in store for either of them. Samson, of course, knows that the men got the answer to the riddle, which made him mad. After fulfilling the wager, he storms off, leaving his wife behind and goes to his father's house. I mean, after all, what else would you expect a spoiled child to do? His actions made the father-in-law rethink the marriage. Assuming that Samson no longer wanted his daughter, he makes a decision to give his wife to Samson's companion, which was a big mistake at this point in the story. Your heart really does go out to this woman in some ways. She was simply tossed about from here to there, threatened by a mob of angry men. Her husband's angry with her. And then her father decides, well, I'm going to marry you off to somebody else. 
And what happens next is even harder. Samson, after cooling down, goes to visit his wife. Judges 15 verse 1 says, But it came to pass within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go into my wife, into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. I have to say just right here that as a woman, I'm amazed at his thought process. He thinks he can make this big scene, throw a tantrum, stay away for a while, and then come back to find out everything's okay. That is a big assumption to say the least. I also find it just a little funny, maybe it's just me, that he brings with him a baby goat, not flowers or even fabric for a new dress. Can you picture it? Hi, honey, here's a goat for you. Can I get a kiss? <laughs> I mean, but regardless, Samson gets the news that his bride was given away. In retribution, he seeks revenge. Samson let his emotions rule. In fact, this is one way to sum up his entire life, and it's a warning for us. When we let our emotions determine our actions, we are in for trouble. Anger, fear, hate, these all will cause us to make poor choices and react badly in the moment. Often they will lead to regret as well. We must rule our heart, our emotions, not the other way around. What Samson did was wrong, and it was cruel since he burned down the Philistines' fields using foxes tied together and set on fire. Samson acted on his own, not according to God's command, even though Samson is listed as a judge that does not mean he was always good. Just like we saw in the life of Jonah, who was a disobedient prophet, Samson's life was mostly guided by his own selfish desires, which would cost him and many others a high price. The Philistines were not happy with this, and they took it out on the father and Samson's wife by killing them with fire. It was so tragic, and of course, Samson retaliates for that too. As you read these passages, you almost feel like it's a feud, each side seeking revenge on the other with no end in sight. Again, this is another problem with letting your emotions take control of your life. There is no telling just how far it will go and how many will suffer because of it. Determine to keep your emotions in check. Live your life under the influence of God's word. We are to be a people who are self-controlled. It is a fruit of the spirit, an evidence that Christ dwells within you, and it applies to every area of life. With the passing of his wife, another chapter begins in the life of Samson, one that would lead to his tragic end. Judges 16 verse 4 tells us, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. That one sentence, one decision, would alter his life forever. I remember hearing a message once regarding the topic of sexual sin, and the pastor made an interesting point. He said that it is the only sin we are told not to withstand, but to flee. We find the perfect example in the life of Joseph. When Potiphar's wife grabbed him to try and make him come with her, he left his coat behind and ran. He forsook everything to get away. Sexual sin, when it is allowed to rule you, will always lead to death. And it is not just spiritual death, but physical. Proverbs tells us on numerous occasions that the ways of the strange woman are the ways of death. Her path leads to hell. Samson had a weakness and it was the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. He was a man ruled by his emotions as we've already discussed and we find that his lust-filled passions are a problem. These problems would lead to his destruction as evidently the Philistines already figured out his weakness for women which is why they sought Delilah's help. 
Now, we don't really know much about Delilah's background, only that she was a harlot and willing to do anything for money. Without hesitation, she immediately sets to work manipulating Samson into giving her his secret. Samson sees it more as a game. He gives her false information three times in a row with her trying it each time. To most normal people, this would give you cause to stop and realize that this woman has no good intentions. But sadly, Samson would yield after Delilah used the same tactics the wife had earlier. She declared that he didn't love her. Plus, she nagged him daily until his soul was vexed unto death. In the end, Samson was betrayed and captured by the Philistines. Someone also made an interesting comment once that the members of his body that he struggled to control the most, his eyes, were the one thing they took from him. Most of us know the fate of this once strong man, the one who had such a miraculous beginning. He would be made a laughingstock to the Philistines, but would one more time bring destruction to them when he placed his hands between the two pillars, asking God for strength one more time, and collapsed the building, killing himself in the process of request he also asked for. Samson's life truly teaches us what happens when we let our emotions and our passions rule our life instead of following after God. But let's drift back to Delilah for one more moment because there are a couple of interesting traits she possessed that we can learn from. Persistence and focus. Three times Samson lied to her. Three times she was made to look a fool in front of the men who hired her, yet she continued on. Her desire to receive the promised reward was so great that she kept asking Samson to tell her what it was. I have to wonder how many of us are focused on eternity. God tells us that there is a reward for those who follow him, who seek him, who obey his commands, yet often do we lack the persistence needed to accomplish the tasks and doing what is right? I want to be a person who can keep the goal in mind, to remain focused on what is important. Paul says he presses toward the mark. He lays aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us so that he can run the race before him. I want to say with Paul that I have run my race. But this means I must be persistent in my daily run and focused on what is ahead of me. Can I encourage you to do the same? When we remember where we're going, it will be easier to say no to the bad and yes to the needful, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And on that thought, I want to end today's episode. I pray that you have a wonderful day, my friend. And don't forget to check out the new edition of the Sit Still My Daughter magazine if you haven't already. There are so many wonderful stories inside the spring 2022 edition. Be persistent, my friend, in the race we call life and stay focused on the Lord. We do this best when we spend time in his word every day and learn to be still in his presence. Mm -hmm.